0: episode of Fermented Adventure is brought to you by Fermented Adventure. Dawn, we have a new shirt design. We sure do. Dawn, what's our new shirt design?
1: I have mixed drinks about feelings.
0: Now, I have mixed drinks about feelings. How do people find I have mixed drinks about feelings?
1: They go on our website at fermentedadventure.com. They can click on the apparel tab and it'll take them right to our merchandise.
0: So click on the apparel tab. They'll find our brand new shirt design and they'll find other shirt designs as well. Other shirt designs as well. We have
1: tanks, tees, hoodies, glasses, a bunch of different things.
0: And we can still find tequila or Savesa made me do it as well, right?
1: You can find that there as well.
0: And if you want to be fashionable through the rest of the summer, we also have some podcast shirts for people to wear and enjoy going around and saying, hey, you listen to the Fermented Adventure podcast, too?
1: <laughs> yes, and don't forget our may contain Whiskey shirt, too.
0: So, go to FermentedAdventure.com, click on the Apparel tab, buy the merchandise. Cheers! You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, F.A. Nation, let's meet our guests. He's John Sepkowski. She's Janice Sepkowski. I'm Richine. Don Dawn Ranieri's here, and this is Fermented Adventure, the podcast, and we are at Holy Ghost Distillery in the Poconos. John and Janice, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank
1: you so much. Thank you so much for having us.
0: Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk all things spirits with you today, but let's talk Holy Ghost Spirits. How did all this get started?
1: Long time ago. Long time ago. Long time ago. So Janice and I, like, and I would say like most of our customers, most of the people that that come to see us... uh, go to not just our distillery, but they go to a lot of distilleries or a lot of different breweries and wineries. And and we were in that mode too. And probably about seven years ago, we left a distillery and I uttered the fate-filled words of I can do better than this. And I was gonna uh, ask
0: you what the name of the distillery is, but I don't think we want to talk about that. <laughs>
1: <right>. <laughs> and I mean but what I but I meant in general, right? So I meant in general as in Uh, My entire life in healthcare was all around operations and seeing logistics and what could be done, what can't be done, what did we like, what we don't like. And at the end of the day, I was like, I can do better than this. Now, I think, Janice, you probably meant, you know, a six, eight gallon still in our basement, which would be illegal. But, um, you know, it kind of went from me doing that to uh, looking for acreage. And we finally ended up finding this place uh, about a year into that. So it took us about a year from the time we, you know, said those words, the I do words yet again, right, in our, our married life into, you know, what's that next chapter to uh, just having a dream and a vision of where we were going to do and trying to put in those things that we liked, that we saw and I want to use the word experience, right? Because that's, I think, what we want to do here is have people experience things, not just come to buy a bottle, not just come to to have a, a, you know, a craft cocktail, but the experience that, to experience with friends and to make new friends over a cocktail.
0: So this is very much how our fermented adventure works, short of us or Don or I saying, I can do that better. <laughs> but we've only been doing this for three years. So perhaps this might be our future. You just show us how to get there. <laughs> and I think one of the things you said, John, is that you talk about the experience. Right. Each distillery, brewery, cidery, meadery, winery, whatever, it has an individual experience. And to talk about what you said, the people we meet, the friends we make along the way. And that's really what the fermented adventure is about for us. That's how we've met with you. Um, I took the Steve and Thief class, the whiskey steward class here. Had a wonderful time. It's a wonderful experience. We'll talk more about that a little bit later. But James, for you, you you kind of had that passing conversation that John mentioned. I'm sure at the time you had a couple of maybe cocktails or (laughs) a couple of tastes of different things. What was your initial thought? And then when the still sort of maybe arrived but didn't, and you were practicing, but you really weren't. Um, What was the reaction for you or what were your thoughts there?
2: Well, the world has changed since um, seven years ago. I'm not the person I was. I don't have the career that I did then. So things changed quite a bit. Um, And we started looking for property and we had passed this one first. And we said, that's gonna be the place. Um, But we couldn't get the buyer for the seller to sell it to us. So we ended up looking at lots of other properties and each one we looked at and said, no, that's not the one, that's not it, that's not what we want. And then eventually we were able to get this property back to our very first choice. So it did turn into what we wanted to get as far as location, then we just had to put into place all of the different steps to get us there. And uh, during the course of that process, my career changed. I didn't um, my career of being an occupational therapist at one company that I've been with for over thirty years stopped, and then so I did do some home health for a, di- a short time. But now this is now my full time my full time gig. So things happen. So here we are, and now I do bourbon.
3: <laughs> hey.
0: That should be a t-shirt. Now I do bourbon. (laughs) I love that. Now, I came up here in the winter, and it was a lot of fun to drive up here. You've got this outside area with a gazebo, and looks like an outside bar out there. Correct. So there's a lot of stuff. You do live music out there right now during the summer. We're in the Poconos. So there's a lot of stuff going on all year round at different times and different seasons. Talk about the whole piece of land, because you talked about the property. You've got your distillery towards the back of the property, and then you've got this a house so i'm sure there's a lot of history on the property itself
1: there there is actually there's, there's tons um and even in the room that we're in um you'll see a picture of the original owners of this place right and the, the date and i don't know if you noticed when you walked in the front door it said established 1883. so this property has its roots you know it has some history and this building has its history so we didn't want to take and remove this place. We wanted to preserve as much as we can. And if you look at the decor, we tried to take it back. You know, over a hundred and you know twenty plus years, it has changed. You know, through the different generations and in what this old farmhouse used to be. Um, but when we envisioned it again, we looked at this farmhouse as a place where a family and an extended family and friends would come and gather. Right. Um, so it's. It, I think it's going back to what it was originally, right? And no different than if you see the little picture on the wall here, if you you visit us, um, there's a picture of the original owner outside of his little barn with a mason jar of essential oils, in air quotes, uh, as the newspaper article states, essential oils in his hand. So really it's going back to being a, a... there was a still here you know that 135 years ago which is actually pretty cool to think about and i have photographic evidence of that you know it's pretty neat that's fascinating and yeah. what we'll do is we'll take a picture of that and we'll
0: have it posted on the website when we post oh, the cool. episode Very cool. so people can see that but more importantly people should come here to see that and get that experience where friends gather and, and, and everything that you do for here. Right. So you've got this wonderful tasting area. You've got the front where you've got your bar set up and your bottle shop as well. What was the process like for you to – I mean, there aren't too many distilleries in this area. So what was the process for you to open up a distillery working with um, the local municipality or just some of the challenges to get things started?
1: You're laughing and I'll, I'll talk about <laughs> it. Um, so local municipality wasn't bad at all. Right, um, they actually encouraged us to do it. Right, but you know, of course, with everything, you have to have the check boxes all in the right row. The hardest, I think, for us was to prove to the state that the driveway which you you guys entered existed before Route 940 was 940. Um, it wasn't on the state map. Okay. So I was looking for a grandfather clause to get a permit for our driveway. And, of course, the first thing you have to have to get your liquor license in the state of Pennsylvania is a means of entrance and egress. Long story very short, eight months later, we finally got the permit because it wasn't there. So they wanted to do traffic studies and all these kind of other little
0: things. So there were no maps in existence that could show that there was that driveway there at all. Then you had to go through the process with the state to say, okay. If we do this, I guess it becomes an engineering study, counting cars, how many feet, how
1: much distance, all that kind of stuff, right? Correct. And we went through some of those places, you know, some of those places like, what was a traffic flow study? What is the distance? What was the sight lines? All those types of things. Cutting down some brush, trees, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But basically, trying to establish that this driveway has been here again prior to 940 being a state road. You know, back when it was uh, probably a wagon. You know, back when it was the the brand new Model A or the Model T that was going down the road. You know, so it was just, it was a process. It was just a process. And, you know, as of uh, anything else that we're doing, especially these days, it's just one more thing that you have to deal with. And as I told you guys earlier, you know, you just be flexible and be be prudent, um, be steadfast. Yeah, but before you were singing Doris Day... I was, I was, I was. Not
0: very well, but yes, I was. With everything you're doing, you, you kind of had that vision. You said, this is something we love to do. We want to put our own stamp on it, our own experience. What was the thought process for you? As you said, you, you've been in different fields. This isn't your normal everyday. It's not like you left one distillery or one brewery from you, know, you had been actually hands-on doing it. What was the thought process there to set up the equipment in the distillery. And I guess you kind of based it on the spirits you wanted to make, correct?
1: To a degree. Um, Some of it as life's greatest teacher being trial and error was, you know, completely trial and error. Uh, Some of it, I had an extinct luxury and an opportunity uh, while I was still working for a previous company. Um, they, They sent me around the United States and Canada. So kind of traveling on on their dime, on the expense account. But then I got to go to so many different places and stay over the weekend and go see that distillery, maybe two, three, four times and make friends. I mean, the one thing that's really, really cool about this industry is how open I think we are with each other, right? Um, When we first started, I had some trouble getting some stuff through so we can do shipping. I called another local distillery, talked to them, hey, call this person, this is the number, this is their contact information. You know, within 15, 20 minutes later, we're set up with UPS. So there's um, a nice kinship, right? Even if you don't really know each other, have never met either either person before, um, there's a kinship and a bond, I think, that, that in this craft industry at least, um, tend to help each other out and uh, With that, that's kind of what I did as I traveled those many years as we were still laying out this property and laying out the areas you talked about. You know, we have kind of several different areas right now with the tasting house and then our outside, you know, there's like an acre over there for outside seating with the gazebos and an axe throwing lanes. And we're putting in some gardens down the bottom and the distillery itself and our harvest host camping. Which, you know, was actually a pretty really cool stuff where you actually get to spend the night for free at a at the distillery. We learned about that from the Bard, Tom and Kim Bard, that was out in Kentucky, yeah. who
0: mentioned that. Mm-hmm. That's so cool, especially up here, because you get some RVs and people yeah. with the campers that would love, you know, not to have to go and then drive somewhere after, you know, having so much fun out there in yeah. the, uh, the yard area. Right. Throwing axes. Did I hear you say that correctly? You yeah. throwing axes, what could go
1: wrong? Yeah, you
0: just walk down and you go right to your camp or your trail or your RV and nice. you can spend the whole night. That is exciting. I'm just going to go out and buy an RV just so we can do that. <laughs> that's that's on the anything, list so. <laughs> Given all that, all right, you talked about your kinship, your mentorship. Yeah. Who has been most impactful? Or talk about how it came to pass that you pick the equipment that you have to distill what you're distilling. Ooh.
1: That was like, a process. So two places. Um, I want to give a, a, a good shout out to uh, Mitch Abate from, uh, in Colorado. He ran a class. and It was one of the first classes I took. And uh, Mitch ran, ran his, his stills and we got to go out and, and spend a lot of time with him. And one of his distillers that were there and kind of talked about, you know, why he used the equipment he used. Uh, And so originally, we kind of picked very similar sized equipment as to what we wanted to do and how we were going to do it because we were interested. His branding and things were were as, as eclectic as ours are, right? So we don't have the word Holy Ghost distillery on our bottle. We actually have our last names on our bottles and things like that. So every vertical market, whether it be the vodka or any of the whiskey line and things like that, actually have a, you know, it's McNamee's Black Irish, which is Janice's maiden name. So we kind of looked at that and got that from him as well. And again, the size of the equipment. And one of the statements that he said that stayed with me forever was, you don't need anything more than a 53-gallon still to make all the vodka in the world you want. Set it up to do vodka and just let it stay there. And being able to do that was really, really cool. So we set that 53 gallon still up just to do vodka and that's what it does, right? Um, of course, a small test still. And then uh, we actually started with one concept and ended up doing uh, something completely different and got a custom still made for us for, uh, for what we do most things with. Um, It's really cool because it's all valve driven, so I can run it as a pot still. I can run a few bubble plates. I can run a few bubble plates and a thumper. I can run the pot and just the thumper. And it takes me about 45 seconds to change how that still operates, uh, without having to do anything else, without having to go up and down the ladder to do bubble plates, all clean and play stuff. Um, And that was, that was one of those, you know, trial and error things. Um, One of those things where I was the one going on the ladders and not anybody else and decided I never wanted to go up one again. Okay. (laughs) Now you talked about branding. Yeah. You
0: talked about the philosophy of creating that whole, Hey, what do people identify with? How did so talk about that philosophy a little bit the branding, the naming of your spirits, and even how did Holy Ghost spirits become like the Holy Ghost distillery? I'm reading only the best spirits there, right? Um, how did that all come to
3: play?
2: We had thought about using um Holy Holy spirits, but that was already taken. Um, and then we were had several of our family in the car, and uh, we passed by a a um. A beer place, I guess community it is, a yeah. convenience store that now sells beer, and one of the beers that the biggest sign was, was like, ghost dog, it had ghosts in it, with a picture of a dog, which the dog caught my eye, <laughs> but um, they had the word ghost, and I swear there was a song on the radio where it said, holy ghost in the song, and so we're like, that's it, not doesn't have to be holy spirits, it's holy ghost, and then out came the words, serving only in the finest spirits, so... That, that's the fastest answer.
1: Yeah, we went from the beginning of the 600 block in Avoca, uh, which is like where the local airport is. By the time we reached the end of that block, we knew it was going to be Holy Ghost Distillery. We had the tagline of one of the best spirits. And that night, that's you know, when you know, the ink file went in and, and you know, so did the trademark and all the other stuff. Just to, uh, it, was, it was within seconds. And And now talk about how you name each spirit. Um, It's simple. So McNamee's Black Irish. Janice is the youngest of nine. Dark hair, dark eyes, thus Black Irish. And we figure basically if you're going to make a whiskey or a whiskey line, well, what better name than a good Irish name? And it's very similar with the Shipkovsky is the vodkas that we put out. It was my grandfather, grandfather Alex, when he hit Ellis Island. This is you know, again, it was Alexander Shipkovsky. So if you see our vodka bottle, it's actually a, a Polish falcon, a Polish eagle. Uh, the way I drew it up it actually said started out as a tattoo on my body first, um, and then made the bottle, and then. Um, We basically wanted to use the colors from the Polish flag to represent that logo. So it's really putting your own name on it, right? Um, To make a product and have a product and serve a product that not only we're proud of, but
0: our families would be proud of. It's great to pay homage to your roots. I mean, that's really what all this experience amplifies. You've got the history being... Recognized from this property, right? you've got your family's history being recognized, and that comes out in the experience you want people to have.
1: And that's, only, I think, only part of it, right? So Janice does these phenomenal classes where she's pairing uh, bourbon and chocolates together. Or I'm bourbon- so glad we got here for that today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bourbon and smoked cheeses where uh, even the non-bourbon drinker or the, per- the person that says I don't drink darks um, will usually leave uh, changed of mind and realizing that uh, they can enjoy a good bourbon in the right settings or with an accompanying with something else. And it changes their palate and it takes 75 minutes. I'm, I'm curious
0: where we are what's the mix and breakdown for your customer? Are it, would it be mostly tourists? Is it mostly local people? And what's the impression or what's that overall, when you see them walk in the door, what's that look about them? Are you still seeing people that say, oh, I didn't even know a distillery was here or we've never been to a distillery or what do you make or do they start Offering like names of name brands and do you have that? I mean, what is your experience now being a distillery for a number of years? You start.
2: Yes, to all those answers. To all those answers. <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: just going to keep funneling answers and you just, you know, like jeopardy and answering yeah. a question for me. We
2: have locals that come in and say, I never knew you were here or I've gone past this building and watched you rehabilitate it, buy it and rehabilitate it and I've watched things change and i watched things go up. And I finally have a chance to come in. I'm so excited to be here. And that's, uh, that's what the locals, when they first come in, that's what they're doing. With Harvest Hosts, we get people that come in and say, I usually only drink beer or I only usually drink wine. Uh, but basically, they came here because it was convenient for their path. So they happen to stop here. But we can offer them a cocktail that maybe people that only think they like wine By the end, they they find out they like things that are not not just wine. Um, So some of our cocktails can really change people's minds. Um, As far as it is, is it more locals or tourists? We have a lot of tourists coming through um, because we are the Poconos. We get people in spring and fall and summer that are doing hiking. In the winter, we have people coming for skiing. Summer and spring and fall, we have golfers. And a lot of people have family homes or family vacation home or weekend homes. Um, So we have some people that have like a family will have a lake house um, from and the family might be from New Jersey or New York and it might be a rotation that grandma comes on the first weekend of the month and then the next weekend of the month it's you know mom and dad and then then the next weekend it's you know the son of that person or grandson and then the, the last might go to uh, cousins or grandkids or something, so we get vacation home people as well. So they're local, but not really. But they call themselves that. That's what they'll say. We're local, but not really. So we do get a mix of all different types of people.
1: Right, but but even the, the quote unquote tourists, as you're saying, right, we find a lot of that is, is is cyclical. So those people that come up come up for that same ski week every year. So now we're seeing in the second, the ter- third oh, that's time. So cool. But that's that same time period, you know, and there's going to be a a, a large group that I know is going to be here again for Friendsgiving. And the last time they came in, the first time they came in, they came with four people. The second time they came in, they came with 18 people. And I'm expecting that to grow even more this next time because you have can, to put a heated tent out, you know, something like we, that. We got have it, we, have done, okay. we wow. have done we have done heated tents outside and everything like that. So it's uh, but it's cool, you know. to see that same person over and over again, and, and and you haven't seen them for a year, and you get to catch up really quickly, you know. And and you've made that uh, you've made that connection where. They will comment on our Facebook or our Instagram posts and things like that. So it's, it's pretty wild to see that. It's, it's, it's actually really, really cool, right? And that's, I think it goes back to the word uh, experience, right? You had a good experience, right? Um, we make absence now, right? When you were here for the class, uh, we talked about that was one of my future plans was to pull the absinthe. out. Well, we finally got that approval of a label, everything else. Here it is. It's already, but that's an experience. You might not like that flavor as a consumer. But to sit and with your friends with an absinthe fountain and be explained the story of why and what happened and the absinthe murders and get that history behind it, and then at least try it. Again, you might not like the product, right? That Anna's flavor isn't for everyone. But the experience of trying it with friends is.
0: What were some of the aha moments for you when you realized those dreams, plans, ideas that you had leaving that one distillery were coming to fruition? Ooh,
1: it's been a whirlwind since we had time. <laughs> Um, it's been a whirlwind, right so so we had a lot of stuff personally that 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 transpired in our lives that you know kept our minds busy say it that way Uh, but we also again had that tenacity to keep moving forward and and maybe part of that kept us sane you
0: know so having the vision and the dream of the distillery is what kept you singularly focused to make all this come together yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, you know, and, and, and you know, desire to, um, I guess, succeed on, on our terms, right? Not what the uh, world was going to tell us, uh, not what COVID was going to tell us, right? And currently not what, uh, you know, and, you know, what every small business is dealing with, with, you know, just logistic issues, uh, supply chain issues, as well as, you know, just getting help. Um, it's not going to deter. Right? We'll we will figure it out.
0: Well, let's do this. Let's share taste some of your spirits. Awesome. We're going to talk about even more of the cocktail program, and maybe some chocolate will find their way onto the table. <laughs> we'll be right back.
1: Brewskits, beer, grain, dog bones. Brewskits, your dog will go wild. Brewskits beer green dog bones a healthy alternative for your pup Brewskits are all natural and made in the usa visit brewsket.com that's b-r-e-w-s-c-u-i-d.com
0: we're back and we've changed location and wait till you see the pictures of what we're doing now we're i was expecting a piece of chocolate We've got a bounty, a bevy, a smorgasbord of chocolate in front of us. And we're going to taste through this. And Janice and John, you're going to give us that whole chocolate bourbon experience. You are our 100th episode. This is This is crazy. <laughs> this is great. Thank you so much. I can't wait to just dive into this. My mouth is watering. Now, one of the great things is that we get to do is experience your vision today. So the vision of what this distillery looked like when you left the other distillery, the vision of what you wanted your spirits to taste like, your impact. So let's talk. You take us through the whole tasting. Talk about why you picked what you picked. I'm assuming you started with vodka, and you said it was a Polish-style vodka, yes?
1: My grandfather's name on it, right? Right. So is it Polish-style? I would never say that in my words, right? So to me, we wanted to put... Our name's on the product, right? So we are proud of what we do. That being said, I also enjoy a, a vodka that's that's clean, that is neutral-esque, if that's a proper term these days, but neutral-esque, right? Because I think every, every vodka has its own flavor profile, and every vodka has a way to... Um, it appeals to, to certain people differently, right? No, no matter what brand it is that's out there, no two truly, truly, truly taste exactly the same. So, I, I think especially with craft now too,
0: John, I think oh, that's important because I want to taste flavor in vodka. I want to get these pepper notes or the vanilla notes or even the corn, the grain notes that are being used right to right. produce that vodka. So – To me, that's exactly the – if that's your mindset, if that's where you're focusing on, that's welcome to me. Because for what? We're not in the 80s anymore, right? So we should be able to (laughs) – We should be able to taste what that grain creates in a a little bit of a way. So what's the
1: grain that you're making your vodka out of? Uh, So that grain doesn't exist, but it's called pure cane sugar. Okay. All right. So there you go. (laughs) So, we're really a cane neutral uh, spirit we produce and then make it to vodka. And again, I think some of those things that make our product different is the fact that we are on a well in Pennsylvania. Now, although we, you know, we have to do the filtering and everything else, it's not as if we were in a city and have to then start getting rid of all that chlorination and everything else. Um, the other cool thing about Pennsylvania. Um, is the water here has a lot of limestone in it. And I think the minerals that are in our water, our our water supply is phenomenal, thank God, and, you know, knock on some wood, um, that it lends to our flavor profiles for our bourbons, for 100% barley, which you'll taste in a little while, our absinthe, you know, any of our product, And, and, and why originally... You might ask the, the the pure cane sugar part, uh, and that goes back to Mitch again, where he said, you know, because he, he does a pure cane sugar as well, and he said, you know, I have one raw material, and I can do two product lines. And why not? right? So if you have one product, one raw material, because what's the other thing that, happened that you can make out of pure cane sugar is rum.
0: When I've got rum, and then you've got your neutral grain, your neutral base spirit, right. so now you can do
1: your gins gin, and, right? and your absinthe. And my absinthe, right? Because our, our absinthe starts off as, you know, as basically our, our cane neutral spirit that we will sit there with uh, a, a ton of different herbs and wormwood. Um, and the recipe that we found actually dated back to the late 1800s. For the absinthe. For the absinthe, yeah. We're building this
0: absinthe up. We've got the fountain here. <laughs> This has just been the... We're going to get to the crescendo,
1: but you're doing the vodka. Yeah. You're doing rum. Yeah. You're making gin. Rum will be The rum will be out very, very shortly. We're doing a couple of different things other than just the white rum. We're actually at the point now where we're actually going to be throwing our rum in our old bourbon barrels. So let that puppy age. And, and my hope is that by the end of uh, this fall, we have the, the rum out... And we partnered with a, a local cidery uh, that had um, a couple hundred gallons of high Crisp apple cider, and they couldn't do anything with it. So we we distilled that, and that is sitting in one of our barrel. Our, our, I, mean, I dumped I dumped the bourbon, and within a day, that apple cider was or the, the distilled apple cider apple brandy it is sitting in that bourbon barrel. And uh, just not touching it, not touching it all until sometime in, in late September, early October to see what that what it tastes like. There is so much
0: to look forward to and going on here with if you're only here once a year, because that's when your weekend or your week is here, you might miss something. Definitely. So you want to make sure you start booking more weeks here.
1: <laughs> that's the idea, right? All right. Yeah. Well, the idea is, you know, A, I, I get bored very easily. And, you know, as Janice told you, you know, when we were in our intermission there, uh, I'm a spore, which basically means. We, we didn't have to talk about that. That seems to have hit home to yeah, That's perfectly fine. She, she said that all my life. And so I said, well, you still said yes. So, okay. I, you knew it going in. Uh, but, you know, I'm doing lots of different things, but I get bored easily. So, I can't just do one thing. So,. Part of it for me is well, can I try this? Can I make this? Um, and i but be honest. One of the things I failed at miserably baking was amaro. Okay, and I that surprises dude, me. I just don't like or, what I or come you with. just you just haven't found
0: that flavor profile yet that's hit where you want I, to be because with your cocktail yeah. bar, you've got so yeah. many opportunities and options if you add an amaro down there. Hundred percent. Yeah,
1: which is why I come later uh, in yeah. August. Bringing it back to when you mentioned Stave and Thief, they offer a beautiful course. Come join me. I'll be there the 22nd through the 24th. Down in Kentucky. Down in Kentucky. All right. Moonshine University. Moonshine University, right? And a big shout out to Colin and and those guys for everything that they do um, to promote our industry. Now, look, you and I could
0: deviate in our conversation all day, but you just gave me like, I want to go down a rabbit hole quickly or just at this point. About Moonshine University. How did you get involved with all that? Basically, Steven Thief, thank
1: you. Steven Thief Society. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how to get involved? Well, it was really simple. Um, again, if you're putting your name on a bottle, in this case, we're putting my wife's name and her family name on a bottle, uh, you might want to know a little bit about it, right? And do your due diligence. Uh, one of those things I happen to have the time and the wherewithal to be able to go down. You know, the opportunity presented itself and went down and we just decided I don't know, more maybe on a whim or anything else, but we want to become the first um, and hopefully not ever the only, but the first distillery in the state of Pennsylvania to be certified by the state of the thief to offer what you took earlier was that uh, bourbon steward class. And, you know, that was five and a half hours of of me talking nothing but bourbon and what made bourbon bourbon. and It could have been 10 hours.
0: Five hours wasn't enough. <laughs> you know what? It's, you it's a great, person, five it's, hours isn't enough. It's history. It's tasting. It's nosing. It's the whole process. And if you're in, I would say, a three-hour range of where you're located, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, this is definitely – even Delaware. It's, it's yeah. definitely something you want to do, whether give it as a gift. Or do it for you. For me, it was just something I wanted to do for me. Right. But it was, it's a great class. And to have you take us through that with your spur, with your spirits, with your whiskeys, that even heightened, I think, the experience.
1: Yeah. And, and it, it is. It's one of those things where we want to make sure that what we're telling people and how we're telling it is the correct answers. Right? There, there are times when people ask me questions in that class and I'm stumped. But you know what? I have a great resource and sometimes right in the middle of a class. <laughs> I, oh, that's I, what you're doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm emailing calling, and, 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 and getting answers back, right? So uh, phenomenal people, phenomenal wealth of knowledge. Uh, I had questions on the new laws that came up and how about this and all about that and what do you think this means and I think that's going to affect stuff. What about Japanese whiskey? What about the laws there? And what's not a law? Wealth of knowledge. So if anybody has the opportunity yeah, more than welcome to come here and take that bourbon steward class, but by all means, you know, educate yourself so you don't walk into a distillery and saying, how are you making bourbon because it's going to be made in Kentucky. Right. I, I think that to, to this is what I see in both of you. To have a better knowledge,
0: to have more education, it raises your experience of what you get to do when you were traveling to other distilleries and all the things you were doing. And for Dawn and I, it's the same thing. We get more of an appreciation because we know more. Right. We can get experience more because we understand more. And I think we go back and the whole theme of this conversation, a lot of ways, is going to be experience. Mm-hmm. The experience you want your guests to have, that they're going to come back time and time again and have more of that experience. But they're going to bring their friends. They're going to tell people about it. And I think that's that's really where you're where you're reaching to bring I, that all together. And I think
1: you, you hit on that um, perfectly because when you come back that second time with a different set of friends, it's a whole new experience. Absolutely. And I think the gift, right, that you give those that next couple is pretty cool in itself, right? We have people that come back, I wanted to bring my friends because of oh, it, yeah. yada yada yada. Fun- but I mean, those are that's music to our ears when we hear that. Right, that's just that's just you know, that pat on the back that said everything else that we've ever done, and you know, fighting with the state for eight months and dealing with supply chain or whatever else makes it all worth it. All right, where should we start? Well, I think you have chocolate in front <laughs> well, of you. Well, I mean, I, you, you take us through how that works. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up and okay. James <laughs> handle this. This is her beautiful class. I mean and she came up with this from, okay. from scratch. So
2: Okay, so <clears throat> in front of you you have a lot of different chocolates. I only gave you the abbreviated version. but um, This is the
0: abbreviated
2: version? Yeah. <laughs>
0: this is yeah. like a month's worth of chocolate for me.
2: <laughs> so the first chocolate that you will have will be um, Hershey's Chocolate Kiss. Because everybody knows what Hershey's Chocolate Kiss tastes like. Um, but before we taste that, I have people look at the weeded bourbon, talk about the weeded bourbon, and we talk about how you smell it, what it looks like, how to describe it, um, if it brings back memories, because a lot of your memories are held in your olfactory sense. Um, And so some people will say it smells like college and some people will say it smells like grandma. Um, Well, (laughs) lucky
0: to have that grandma. (laughs)
2: Um, So that's the fun part. Um, We teach them how to actually taste the first drink and then go from there. So they taste the first wheated bourbon. So it's bourbon and the flavoring grain is wheat. And then they taste the Hershey's Kiss, which is milk chocolate, which you've all tasted before. Then once you taste that chocolate, taste it again with the bourbon. And it might make the bourbon taste a little different. It might make the chocolate taste a little different. But then I have them go from that milk chocolate to a dark chocolate. And the dark chocolate usually makes... A lot of people will say, I don't really like dark chocolate, but with the bourbon, I like dark chocolate. Um, so it changes the flavor profile of the chocolate. Um, but then we progress to the Distiller's Reserve, which has a little bit of rye in it. So it has some more baking spices. And then we progress from having the dark chocolate to dark chocolate and nuts. And then we progress to having the, our Mathemuse Black Irish high rye bourbon, and that has 36% rye in it, so it's got some more bold flavor, so then I want to go on to something that's a little bit more bold, and I'll go from there to having them taste the, the rye, rye bourbon into the bourbon and fruit, and then we progress to the higher levels, to 120 proof, with all those three flavors, and then we progress to...
0: <laughs> Wait, Janice, let's go back to the first one we just did. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know
2: if one of the pre version or not. Well, <laughs> you
0: gave us you gave us the Klipsnoots version, but we're still on weeded, and I'm just still having that Hershey's oh. weeded bourbon experience. And you know what? I didn't smell grandma. Grandma was not a whiskey <laughs> drinker. If it was Manischewitz, I might have smelled her there. But all right, so I love the nose on your weeded bourbon. Um, talk about the distillation process, the wheat. Aging process that you're
1: using right now. Ooh, uh, aging process is really easy. I leave it up to God. Um, it is in a our, our building down there is is non conditioned. Uh, it's the way I, I I personally think it should be. I think the one thing that I don't do. Um, we probably brought this up in class. The one thing I definitely do not do. Is I won't cold filter. I want the bourbon to stand on its own. Um, I know a lot of people will, and a lot of the big guys will cold filter, chill filter that their bourbon to get out those fatty acids, and I think it's part of the flavor. I think it what makes it so appealing, at least to me, is leaving those in there to taste those notes as it was intended to be. Right? It may be cloudy in a bottle a little bit if it gets really cold at eighty proof, but who cares? Right? It should be more about the entire experience than anything else.
0: What I love about the nose and my experience here is it smells like a Rick House on a humid day. It, there's such an intense wood, yep. dampness, uh, and I, I don't mean dampness in, in that negative sense, but just that wonderful notes, the, the notes that play here. And this is a lower proof. Yeah, all 80, right? This now. is 80. So what you get here is the ethanol takes a backseat to allow the grain, the wheat, and the mash bill is wheat and... So it's corn, wheat, barley. That's it. That's it. Um, a little bit of the sweetness comes out of the corn. You okay. definitely get that. And you get... What I'm really enjoying is, again, on that lower proof side, you really get to experience the oak. That, that just takes you on a nice journey with that. Going back to the chocolate, it it, it tasted more creamy in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It tasted more like if bourbon and chocolate became a milkshake, and I allowed that to happen together, That's I just had a bourbon chocolate milkshake.
3: Yeah, you can definitely mm-hmm. taste the chocolate.
0: With yeah. And in, in
1: the winter, you're, a bourbon and a hot chocolate is phenomenal, too.
0: Mm. We're going to have to do that. little salinity on the palate, I think. Um... Little citrus too, mm-hmm. but this is nice. This is really nice. And thank you for that. So, all right. I know we jumped ahead, and now we jump back. Where are we going next, Janice? What should we do next? Do we now? do we do we use or this we, or what? You, all, you know, I'm going to give you back the, another weeded. Okay. Because is it the same weeded it's or the, the same weeded? Oh, okay. You, but we I was like, a, no, poor little ones. And but, we, but we want. <laughs>
1: But <laughs> well, we want you to taste that now with,
0: with the, dark the dark darker chocolate. chocolate. Which is? The
2: oh. square one, right? Then.
0: This one? This one. No, no, the, the square, square one. one. The square one. Well, yeah. that's square and that's square. <laughs> and the, square the one in f- the
2: wrapper has peanut butter on it. So I know. This is like
0: a test. A, a, when you come to Holy Ghost, the test is, do you still know what your shapes are? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can the square chocolate fit in the round hole? Oh, I'm doing it this way. That way you both have
0: Oh, okay. I really like this. I think it's um so now for me with the dark
2: chocolate. I think taste the dark chocolate.
0: One of the things I see from this is it's a nice, approachable whiskey. That if you're not a quote unquote, I'm not a whiskey drinker, um, this is a very great introduction. Because I think what the trend is now, and John, you can speak this, Janice, you can speak this too.
1: It's how high can we proof this out at, right? Yeah, yeah I see that. I see it and people go, oh, but you know what? I think, and it's on the wall, and you and I have talked about this before, it's on our wall downstairs in our in our little tasting room, what we used to use for tours when we couldn't do tours during COVID. And it says, drink what you like, but love what you drink, right? So you talked about some notes earlier that you 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 get, but that could strictly only be you. Right? And to me, if someone has an appreciation for it. But if you pick up a glass of bourbon and you're nosing it, even if it's in a Glencairn glass or whatever, and all you smell is bourbon, that's okay. It's perfectly okay. And if somebody wants to drink pappies and Coke, and you have that disposable income, hey, if they bought the bottle go for it, if they bought the bottle and want to drink it with Coke, that's their bottle. Amen, right? So there's no wrong way to do it as long as you're loving what you're doing. I get
0: on this, it seems like more of the cherry notes come out with the dark chocolate and even, I don't know, plum and um, I get more orange. I almost feel like I'm eating a chocolate-covered orange in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what it's you... It's more
3: creamy too. Like It is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This really changes the complexity or the consistency of the chocolate to become more creamy.
3: Mm-hmm. Are
0: are some are a lot of these things what you hear back when people do the same pairing
2: frequently? Frequently, are
0: there things you hear that we haven't touched upon that might influence us
2: Unless to say, "Oh, there it is"? That aren't real tr- seasoned bourbon drinkers will say it makes it easier to drink the bourbon, and because chocolate has some fat content to it, so it coats your mouth, so it allows your mouth to accept the bourbon or the alcohol it doesn't it's not the burn or the kentucky hug that they might be getting otherwise if they weren't having the chocolate see this within. one i like it because it's it's
3: loom proof and it's it doesn't have a lot of other burn like right. i i'm enjoying this it, right it it's makes easy. it an enjoyable yeah. experience
2: as opposed to so it's not
3: like you have to have the chocolate to drink this
2: but but for some people some that people. are here only what sometimes we get people that do this for for valentine's day or or uh a wedding anniversary. So one person really likes bourbon, and the other one's just doing it because they want to do something with their partner. And um, they usually will say, "Oh, I actually enjoy this now. I and I like it. It's not just something I'm doing because I want to be with them. Yeah, I, it's it's enjoyable."
0: <laughs> what gave you the idea to do this? And it's, I've never seen it to this extent. What was the idea to do this this way?
2: Um, the spark was when we went down to.
1: Old Foresters.
2: Old Foresters in Kentucky, when you were doing the State of the Thief Society. Um, Old Forester, they have, they give you the the tour, an excellent tour, and then they give you several several tastes of their bourbon. I think it's the least expensive to the most expensive. And by the end, of course, the most expensive is fabulous. But then they give you a, a candy that's a, called a Majesty. It's a salted caramel dark chocolate candy. It's a Polish candy called a Majeski. I tasted that and then went back to that first one. Suddenly that was amazing, that first one. <laughs> so I said, that must be something. So that's when we started. We went from there to doing bourbon and hot chocolate. And we just, I looked it up, looked, uh, did a little bit of research on how to do pairings with bourbon and chocolate. And this is what we came up with. There's some different variables you want to go into into. And so that's what I'm doing here. As far as comparing milk chocolate and dark chocolate, chocolate and nuts, chocolate and caramel, chocolate and fruit, and then the final one that I usually do with people once they're one twenty proof of the rye is um chocolate and spice, which is chocolate and chili or chocolate and coffee
0: all right which is the next one we're moving <laughs> on now there's like all this chocolate here and He's you talk about all, all this
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah so you don't
2: have to do all of it but if you would that's what you want. well you put you it have.
0: out there yeah
2: <laughs> we love chocolate so we're not complaining
0: all right so what is, this is um the bourbon this is your deser- distiller's reserve
1: yes distiller's reserve so it's a four grain bourbon so corn wheat rye and barley we're okay we're, your know, wheat and rye are our flavoring grains. How long are these aged
0: for? I know it's you said let God take over and-, and... And you know what? It's a very similar answer. So I don't see straight on the label.
1: You, it, but it's cool because you don't have to. Right. <laughs> so, all right. Um, you won't see straight because I decided that I wanted to be frugal. Okay. So even though everything here is a is at least a two-year-old bourbon, um, you know, the rule if it's under four, you have to have an age statement. Uh, over four, you don't need an age statement. Yada yada yada. Long story short, the flippant answer is when they're ready. Okay, it's aged until they're ready. In the God's eye, truth, true. Though even though I have forty-eight barrels sitting down there still aging, we—that's called sacrilege. Um, it's okay. I just spilled. For those that aren't watching, <laughs> about I say he was going to spill I something just, earlier.
0: You're you're ordering your barrels. Where are you getting your barrels
1: from? What's the char on your barrels? So aging, uh, barrels, where do we get them from? All that mess. Um, and yes, bourbon is a phenomenal aftershave.
0: <laughs> Again, those, those that can't see the podcast, I'm dabbing myself with the napkin. Then I'm cleaning up what I spilled.
1: <laughs> um, so our char is of three. Uh, we originally started working with uh, a company that was just East Coast Barrel. They happened to be, they were in Long Island. And they moved to just out, They moved to Pennsylvania, so they're two hours from us. Um, it's phenomenal that now I get to deal with a company from Pennsylvania. From Pennsylvania, so right, it's a local in our product. And again, and um, it's just one of those things that worked out right. Just pre-COVID, those guys moved from Long Island to PA. You, you can't go wrong, and to have somebody hand make barrels for you. It's amazing. That's great, and it's it takes the craft
0: to that detail of what you're looking to do.
1: I, I you know, I first and foremost, I was I wanted to do everything we can um, with U.S. product and as much as I can with Pennsylvania product. Uh, so when George moved to PA, I was I was super thrilled. It doesn't matter to me what the barrel looked like as long as it was <laughs> long as it was watertight. Um, I wanted his barrels, period, right? Because he's here, he's local. You know, that beautiful immigrant story where, you know, an immigrant comes over, decides that he needs to be making barrels. He learned to make them in Romania from his grandfather. He's teaching people how to become cooperers and doing it by hand. That's a great story. Yeah, it's amazing. It kind of comes together
0: with what you're doing here. You look at your grounds, you look at this building, you're doing everything by hand. You mentioned you're repurposing things and you're really making your personality, every corner of your property stands out. It really does. If nobody ever met you, they would say, oh, that's John and Janice. I I get (laughs) it now. I see that. I get it. It's true. All right. By the way, I'm enjoying this pour and I love love the little bit of smokiness that comes off of this and just... You can see where you're taking that lower proof to eighty. You're adding another grain, and you're bringing this up to this level too. Right,
3: and it's doesn't seem that much higher though. What is it? But they're all eighty proof. Oh, I was say, they're I, all yeah. eighty
0: proof. Oh, then I'm I'm yeah, I I absolutely say, wrong because I thought there was a higher proof. No, 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 no. So this is this is the four. See, wow, and I wasn't paying attention. Better at this
3: than me. I know, right?
0: <laughs> so this I should is- take that class that John teaches. <laughs> Maybe take it again. All right, oh. <laughs> I failed. They're gonna take my little button away. Uh, no, no. This this
1: tastes higher proof. It's not. So the, I think I it's know. it's the rye that's in there. Um, it's really good. The spiciness just punches out though, and, and how it comes together is really to me it's really nice. Yeah, uh, it's a really nice. But so if you're a higher proof
0: bourbon drinker, a higher proof whiskey drinker, that they don't want to drink a higher proof.
3: <laughs> this is it right here.
0: That, that is, that's it for a while. Anyway, yeah. you um, you got the Pocono Raceway coming up next weekend. Yeah. I think drivers could drink this, <laughs> feel like they're drinking something more substantial, and be able to run three or four hours at a time. Right? It'll be good. All right, Janice, what are we supposed to pair with this? You're pouring yeah. oh, the these. Yep. Hold okay. I'm glad you didn't give me a size or a shape or something. This is a, <laughs> all right. So this is a an almond? Yes. Okay, chocolate covered almond, milk or dark? Dark. One. How often do you do this class? Or is this something people can do all the time when they come and say, I'll have the chocolate pairing, please?
2: Um we have to, I have to know they're coming. But I some um, I can do a couple of them a week. It depends on how fast people want them. But usually they reserve them chocolate. online. But um, sometimes we have people that'll come and say, "I'll come on Tuesday or on Wednesday," and they say, "Well, we're going to be there all week," and I'll we'll arrange it too for Friday or Saturday morning.
1: Usually before we open, you know, we'll do we'll run a class before we open the bar and everything. Gotcha. So talk about
0: why the chocolate covered almond with this particular bourbon.
2: Because the nut is a is a little bit more substantial. It adds another component to the chocolate. So it adds another component to the chocolate, and it makes it more complex. Just like the four grain bourbon is a little bit more complex than the, than the weeded bourbon.
1: I love how you think through all of this. Mm-hmm. You every detail
0: is measured and thought through, whether it's your distilled spirits or it's this chocolate pairing. That's it. And we we only have had three things so far. Are we supposed to move on with this particular whiskey to another thing?
2: Um, normally, I have people do all six bourbons. Oh, so my have, God. They do. The
0: this is a 75-minute
2: yes.
1: experience. Yes. Right. So this is, get... well, what do you charge for this? We, we, did, we just had to change prices a little bit, so it was like $45. $45. Right. This, is,
0: this is inexpensive for $45. Yeah. So I'm not going to tell you to raise your prices. <laughs> but for $45, you get like 700 different chocolates and six bourbons. Yes. This is awesome.
1: And if you like dark
2: chocolate... This is for you. Yeah, this is definitely yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah, and even people that don't like chocolate, I don't like dark chocolate mm-hmm. normally, but when you mix it with with bourbon, it, it tastes so much better. It's my favorite
1: chocolate. Right. I, mean, I think one of the hopes, and we haven't talked about it yet, but one of the hopes is that once you take this class, and Janice actually takes you through that entire experience, okay, yeah, you can bring people back, and we can do that, or you can share it with others, But you can share it with others in two different ways. One of them is tell them about it. But the second is take this back to your house and do
0: it with your friends. So what I just heard you say, John, is take John and Janice back to your house (laughs) and have this experience. And if you live in Hawaii, we're there. (laughs) All right. Hey, if you can figure out how to ship you guys out by UPS, you're there. What's the next spirit we should be enjoying or trying? Or pairing here because there's still I'm still dumbfounded by all this.
2: The high rye at 80 proof, and you're going to mix it with the dark chocolate salted caramel.
0: This one right here, yes.
1: The other square one. I'm excited.
0: You want to share this one, or John's already? No, we'll share. Already poured. All right, John's already poured. You guys have to have some too, you know. (laughs) I know it's your day off, but you're, you know, enjoy the fruits of your labor. You will. Oh, the yeah, absent.
1: Uh, you know, I, I will enjoy this. Janice will have something different, probably.
0: Now, That's this it. is sweeter to me than what we just had. Or is it just the chocolate kind of still on my palate?
1: It's a, I think it's a combination of things, right? And when you got here, we were assuming you, you weren't day drinking. Thank right? you. <laughs> <laughs> This is smoother, but the first the first taste of any, you know, any whiskey every morning, right? You still have to get rid of everything else that's on your palate and you've got to retrain your brain to go. Now I'm drinking bourbon. Right. That takes a couple of cents. Right. And that's, that's with whatever you're doing. I don't care if it's, if it's a food or if it's a cocktail or if it's bourbon or, you know, we'll, we'll try the barley in a little while. You pull all that stuff together, it takes two, three, by the third sip or the third bite, you can actually make a decision whether you like something or not. But you can't do it until then. So this is a high
0: rye bourbon. Correct. You're talking still three grains on here? Only
1: three grains. Only so three grains. First one you went was are wheated, corn, wheat, barley. Second one, so you're just taking a pellet on a little trip. Corn, wheat, rye, introducing the rye, barley. And the third one that you're doing. We took out that wheat back to a three grain bourbon, so corn, rye, and barley. And again, going from what we call the soft bourbon to a more hard bourbon. Um, and what I try to tell people here is think wheat toast on your mind and think rye toast. Going from wheat toast to rye toast. Fresh coming out of a toaster, both bread, both toast, both delicious, but different flavor profiles, different tastes. To
0: me, I get more barrel. Out of your four green, I get more of that pronouncement. I get more of a spiciness. That tastes a higher proof. That was throwing me off. This, I get a lot more of the spiciness. But it's, it's so sweet, it's right? It's so
3: smooth. Like, and I don't know if that's from the chocolate. But to me, this is like the smoothest one of all.
0: And maybe it's just, like you said, the rye so, toast. Oddly enough, it's the youngest of them all. Hmm. This is, all right, really like here's it. the thing. This is a mind-blowing experience. <laughs> so, holy ghost distillery, you're going to have not just the chocolate experience, you're going to have a mind-blowing, you know, whiskey experience here, too. Yeah. Are all you right. ready for that? I'm ready. <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> this is wonderful. Yeah, I like this. this really, way. now, all right, Janice, what chocolate should we enjoy with this? The it's salted rare. caramel? Mm-hmm. You keep the one. Yeah, the same
2: you, one. You do you know how
0: you know people that are colorblind? You say, "Oh, pick the blue one." <laughs> all right, you, you've got like eight different square things Bottom on it. I, I know
3: now. I know people now. Sold a caramel list. right?
0: I'm surprised you didn't take this for me. I know. So right, I taste this. Ooh, I wasn't expecting that to be soft.
2: Oh, the best. <laughs> now this tastes stronger. Mm-hmm. It's like it got proofed up from the caramel. That's really interesting. Yeah, it is. It does different things to it. Hmm.
0: You're such a whiskey woman.
2: That's so fascinating.
0: I love just even how the sweetness Mm -hmm. is amplified too
3: Mm -hmm.
0: in this.
1: Completely changes. You would think it's a different bourbon. Definitely. Yeah. Wow. But even the viscosity
0: in your mouth, it changes the caramel. All right. That's We're doing this
1: at home, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but, but but that's the cool part, right? So, but it goes to show you, show us as well. I think, and it's proved just by by your reactions, mm-hmm. right? What what you tasted or had in your mouth before you come to taste something at a distillery will change your mind about mm-hmm. something. Absolutely, I mean, I think this is awesome
0: to wait the way you do this. The thought that went into doing. Everything you're doing, this is a one. This a is unlike any experience we've had. I mean, to your point, you go to Kentucky, they'll give you a bourbon ball at the end because they want to sell it at the gift shop at the right. end on the way out. Or what was that? A Majeski. Pol- a Majeski. Yes. They want to sell that on the way out. Right. But what you're selling on the way out is more of an experience. Right. right. Do this more. Buy. Like I've got to buy all these whiskeys now. Because if I don't, I can't recreate this whole experience.
2: Right. And I tell you how to – I don't use, like, way expensive chocolates or anything. I tell you where I get them and how and why I pair it the way I do so that you can do it at home. Because it's something fun to do with your friends instead of just saying, oh, we're going to have a bourbon night. Okay, well, you can sit and sip for a little while, but this is something more exciting. Gives it a new
0: level. And you do other food pairings too, right? We do a,
2: a bourbon and smoked
0: cheese. Bourbon and smoked cheese? Yes. So, how many cheeses do you get on that? Six. Wow. Wow.
2: Because you have six bourbons to pair with. <laughs> Can't do that one.
0: All right. We did three bourbons. Correct. I don't know what we're supposed to do with the rest of this chocolate here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Normally, I do the 120. I know,
0: I but up. they're not here. But that's okay. Don't bring them out. Yeah. But we do have something labeled barley. We do have Or something. which way should we go? You guys take no, us. No, you loads. know
1: what? I think the barley would be good. It's it's going to be. Um, well, you know what? I'm not going to describe it. You're and not. It, I'm not. And,
0: and we're going to let the listener describe it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you know what? And again, I, I am a, a huge proponent of whatever you say and whatever you taste, okay. whatever you smell is right. Right. Um, that's why I really refrain from people telling, for me, when people ask me, what
0: are my notes, what do I taste, what else? But one of the things that I'm going to get into a discussion with you about this is you have a vision of what you want this to be. You have a vision of what you want people to experience. And that's also what fascinates and interests me, too.
1: It is not my favorite of all the whiskeys. Of all the stuff I make, actually, are my, the, the black walnut. Bourbon is my personal utmost favorite, right? It would be my go to. Um, other people would swear on our, cho- or, or our cherry. Oh, God, you said chocolate. I was like, why? No, our, cher- <laughs> well, our cherry. We're
0: just in a chocolate state of yeah. mind.
1: But with the barley, well, sure. Yeah. Um, I wanted to make sure that I had this thing. And in my mind, I really wanted to. Um, it's going to be more robust. I wanted to do something where you knew you were drinking barley and you can taste where it came from basically. And, and and how that barley came together. The cool part about it. Um, we have this one customer. He's from Ireland. His name's Patrick, of course. Right. Um, we gave him a little sample of it, and his first impression was it "takes me back." And it's a, and you could taste the barley and it lingers right at the you can you can smell back. it too yeah, and it's so robust.
0: The nose is a fresh cut. I'm not gonna say grass, but a fresh cut mm-hmm. green.
3: Yeah,
0: and the flavor is so, and and the proof on this is that's eighty. This is eighty. Your spirits are mind blowing, from a standpoint that it's a lower proof, but drinks so much higher. But there's so much delicious flavor that flavor comes going out. On inside oh room. my god!
1: Yeah, especially this one. There's a ton of flavor.
0: Wow! And when do the labels and when will people be able to experience this barley for themselves? I know you're looking at your watch.
1: You're, I am. I'm looking it's, at my watch. The UPS
0: delivery guy could be out there right now.
1: It's, yes. Okay. I mean, quite honestly, that they're, they're, it's ready it's to ready. bottle. It's bottled, ready to go. They're, they're bottled, ready to label. In fact, this
3: has great flavor. This is delicious.
1: In, in fact, if you if you hit us uh, on our Facebook. We, we, we plan to actually start doing what's called labeling parties. Oh, cool. You, you volunteer to come on up. We'll give you some food. We'll give you some... Bring the RV. <laughs> yeah. Bring the RV. Chocolate's waiting.
0: And just label your heart's, label to your heart's content.
1: Or, 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 or until they're getting too crooked and then I you know, <laughs> have to give you a glass of water instead. And then, you know, we get the labels back on straight and we'll be good. But, yeah, I have a little labeling parties here. Again, just another experience for people mm-hmm. to come in. You know, basically, you're volunteering some time. We'll, we'll feed you up really well. Get you a couple cocktails. And, We're like an you know,
2: and a half away.
1: <laughs> I get so – what, what came
0: to my mind on that is spicy Froot Loops.
1: <laughs> spicy Froot Loops.
0: It just has That's this awesome. wonderful – it's not like one pinpoint of fruit. But there's this this wonderful fruity flavor to it. It's like the breadfruit. Breadfruit.
3: Yeah, it tastes like the breadfruit a little bit.
0: Maybe. I mean, I get I get like um, kiwi and lemon really and orange and all kinds of. But they're not just one fruit. That, like in bourbon, you know, you get the stone fruit, you get the bread. cherry, you get the, things will stand out more pronounced. But this is almost like a blend of just it's spicy delicious. fruit moves. Yeah,
1: it's it's. In fact, what have you named this barley? It's so it's again under Janice's name. So, all whiskeys that come out of Holy Ghost Distillery be under McNamee's Black Iron. Okay. This is just named American Malted Whiskey. That's wonderful. And
3: And you do like this one, right?
1: (laughs) I do like it. It's just not my favorite. It's not your game. It's not my personal favorite. Okay. And that's, you
0: know, and it's perfectly cool. Janice, is there a chocolate we should be. Wow. You've got all this
2: chocolate. I've here. I've never paired it with chocolate though, but uh, what you have to do was this this cup has dark chocolate and fruit.
0: And that, what am I so supposed to may, drink with this? That may actually that work that. Well out the with it. the barley. Okay. I think that, I think that,
2: you think that, think that would you to well. getting fruit with it. Yeah. Try that. Ooh.
0: Good. I don't think you can go wrong with any of these in chocolate. Right. But the sweetness of the fruit I'm not sure what fruit's in there.
2: That's a blueberry. So this—that's this, blueberry. This expands mm-hmm. the fruit. Yeah, this makes it, it so much. It amplifies it, doesn't mm-hmm.
0: it? Wow. You got that open? I want to move on to absinthe. Yeah. Next. Oh, Wow. Because I know that's that's um, that's like the the last yeah, this uh, we're gonna this. the whole absinthe experience. You 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 both love absinthe, don't you?
3: No. No. So
2: <laughs> so
0: this is more. Is this more to say, John? This is your baby. I wanted to make this. absinthe. And Janice, problem. you're like, it's the beginning. keep that away from me.
2: It's the experience that's cool. Um, but I can't do that that smell.
0: You talked about as a practitioner to dipping your hands in paraffin wax. Right. And absinthe is that slowing down and enjoying life. But it's not even something you enjoy.
2: It being the smell of black licorice things brings back a childhood memory of a medicine that I don't ever want to take okay. again. <laughs>
0: But, John, for you, this
1: is... How did you get an absinthe? Why absinthe? I originally experienced absinthe with a bunch of friends. Uh, That memory has stuck with me. Uh, It also reminds me of certain weddings where you're going to have that Italian anise cookie. Okay. Right? Um, And to me, I... If you remember as a kid, those stupid black licorice, Mm -hmm. um, not the swizzle sticks, but there was a a cigar, not a cigar, a a pipe. Okay. So you used to get them at the penny candy store. And as a a young kid, you know, I'd go down to Henny Meads and go to the penny store, penny candy, and you'd get these black licorice pipes. You know, somewhere ingrained in some set of synapses that have filed themselves away is a calling for that flavor profile. So in all your travels,
0: because you've gone to quite a few establishments, it wasn't that you both fell in love with absinthe or the absinthe experience. You didn't go to New Orleans and get involved with the romance
1: of absinthe. No. It's, it's just childhood memories. Childhood memories. And, and bringing that, you know, and for each of us, it's different. Right? But I think the cool part is about we can, between the two of us, I think what Janice can bring together, what I pull together, um, we have something for everybody to like, right? Or at least something for everybody to experience and enjoy the experience that they're going through. Again, you don't have to like Absinthe at the end, but have that experience with
0: a bunch of friends. All right, so take us through your Absinthe experience. And this is like almost brand new. Absinthe is is virtually brand new for you that you're offering, right? Oh,
1: yeah. You're you're in the infancy of it a couple weeks. That's about it. Wow, we just made it for Absinthe. (laughs) Yes, you made it for Absinthe week. Um, (laughs) But it's half gone already, so you have to make more. Okay. Um, So I'm going to get – Maybe we could take another commercial break. We're going to take a commercial. Uh, John is
0: now producing and directing the podcast.
1: (laughs) This is what happens
0: when you hit 100. Our guests start producing and directing. This is fun. All right. When we get back, we're going to do some absinthe. Take us through this and take us through the experience of distilling this and and how this works down
1: at your distillery. So this is actually pretty cool. So um, it's one of my – actually, my more favorite things to do. Because uh, it starts out just with our a you know, very high proof cane spirit, right? The same thing we'll make our vodka with, or gin, whatever else, or all our flavored vodkas. Uh, but then we take a, a tried and true recipe that actually dates back to the late 1800s. Um, the same date, by happenstance or not, uh, of this particular building and this property. Uh, and again, not only with this, but with our cocktail menu, we try to take things back to its roots. Which is one of the things, you know, absinthe was very popular in the states for a while, uh, until of course, you know, not only just prohibition but the entire ban on absinthe. And uh, we wanted to make sure that we we brought this back as an option for people to have and try uh, at least to uh, you know experience something different than what they're normally used to. So. Uh, when we do this here, uh if you're going to book the entire experience, we will take you through. We'll discuss the absinthe murders over in Europe and what that was all about, and how the prohibitionists tried to you know really squelch absinthe um the The reader's digest condensed version of the story was this this gentleman was drinking all day, you know several several beers, a couple of bottles of whiskey, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the very, the last thing he had was some absence. Of course, when he went home, he had murdered, then murdered his entire family. Wife, kids, she was pregnant. And um, they blamed, the the prohibitionists blamed the absence. It wasn't the fact that he had so much everything else in him, but it was the absence that gave him all these hallucinogens, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So um it was one of those things that just became again, a ban on on uh, on the spirit itself but you know dating back hundreds of years you know this really goes back to a an old polish um version of this that would not have been necessarily distilled would have been a high proof alcohol where all the herbs would have been so it would have more of an infusion an at infused, the time correct an infused process um which is kind of what I actually do. So we take everything together, get that into a you know large tea bag like uh, you know thing, and, and let it sit there in gallons of, of uh, high proof alcohol uh, for days. And when it tastes right, this temperature will change some of that stuff and how it infuses, etc. cetera. Um, when it tastes right, uh, we pull that out, strain it, put that puppy into the still. And run it, uh, usually taking out all of my bubble plates, and then letting it uh, letting it go through and um, coming up with where the the cuts where I like to have this one. And uh, you notice this one's clear. So I didn't do anything. There's
0: no green tinge to it. There's, There's no, no green, green fairy tinge. or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't even use those words on. Can't even put it on your label anywhere. Gotcha. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I kept it as it would come off to still just nice and and clean and clear. And uh, I actually, can't wait for you guys to uh, to do to, to taste and enjoy the little experience that we have going here. So we have our little our, our fountain set up, which has. Ice water in the top, and it's been sitting here while we while we've been chatting, getting extraordinarily cold. In this process, what we normally do with people is is have them grab a little cup so they can actually right, figure so we're out. Gonna, we're going to grab our little cup. Figure out what? the little fountain itself. So you'll notice it takes a little bit more than what you normally would think to get that thing going. Oh, I see what you mean. But once it gets going, is yours too fast or too slow? that's kind of up to you. So I would normally slow yours down a little bit, right? So, but once you start it, see now you have not have to back it up. Like Where I'm just going drip, drip, drip. Now here's the cool part. This is the personalization of this and you already got yours going. So if you want more sugar, And to dilute it more with the cold water, and then you can wash it actually loose a little bit inside there. It's actually pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Look at that. It gets cloudy. Yeah.
3: It's
2: like a little lava lamp in there. Yeah.
0: I'm having a psychedelic experience.
1: (laughs) Things not the same. Wow. Um, (laughs) And look look at you go. You're, you're, you know, you're like, you're, you're you're Olympic losing. I am Olympic lusie. I'm just going (laughs) to move this over a little bit. Yours
0: is really cloudy.
1: Yeah. So, All right, so how long should we
0: do this for? Wow, my, so my, my, my cool sugar cube is almost is, golden. This is
1: where uh, I'm going much slower, right? I'm going to go try to go slower and just let it go through. So the, the part about this is, is it's personal, right? How much water you want to add to dilute, how much sugar you want to add, that's up to you. Right, so typically we would say I'm almost out of sugar. Yeah, typically we would say go it a little slower. All right, well, and then you I'm shutting shut down, it off and then and taste in between. All right, well, I, I, messed you, I messed that up, didn't I, John? It's okay. Yeah, we had a
2: lot of bushing going on there, so that was pretty cool. My cube doesn't look like it's done anything.
0: Here, we'll move your move it's your
2: cube. It's getting there. Like every there now and then, you can get like really
0: big bursts. Of there right it now, it's starting. So now I've lushed. I've got a nice cloudiness to this, and if you want, you can stir or just. So why water? Why sugar? What's the story behind that?
1: Well, before we answer that, I want to, I want to, I want to know your. John's experience producing right the. Um, know, John's sorry.
0: producing the podcast again. What's your experience? My first flavor is that burst of black licorice. It's like this oily coating of the mouth black licorice. And I have to say, again, this is a lower proof absinthe. Yes. Yeah, so we're- 116, I start. 116 yeah. in the bottle. Yeah. And I feel like we've had higher proof absinthe before. Is that a word, absinthe? Absinthe? And what I taste more is the flavor and less ethanol. And that could be also the amount of water I put in here. Mm-hmm. And just maybe the sugar that comes off here too. Water, the sugar again. You're diluting with the water. Right, I, have, an, I have to ask you for a favor. May I try the absinthe straight? Certainly. Just a little. You have a heavy pour. I I love your <laughs> pour, but should have a cocktail here. Yeah, I can't wait. There. Uh, see, there you go. I. I oh my God.
3: That's a little. What's a lot for? Him. <laughs>
0: All right, this is um this is more like candy coating. When I taste it straight, I get like you know when you let a piece of candy melt in your mouth? That's more the viscosity of what I get here. And I get less of that licorice mm-hmm. flavor, more spiciness to this, like more of a black pepper note to it. So it's a little bit different. I like I like the dichotomy yeah. of just drinking this straight versus after we do the water drip too. Just to see what the flavor. Do
1: you do that here too, or it's up to the person? Really, at the end of the day, we want each person to be able to be as individual, as daring as they want. Yeah, you know, not over daring, but daring enough, and um, kind of enjoy themselves, right? Which you may or may not, you may or may not like it, and that's okay as long as you have fun during the experience.
0: Talk about your cocktail program. Talk about some of the cocktails you make, the focus of the cocktail program. I get a sense for you, Janice, that's that's something you love and enjoy based on our chocolate experience here.
2: We we just try to make cocktails that taste good. And since we have very different flavor profiles, things that taste good to John might taste not so good to me. And so we try to make some that are more for the person that's more like John, and then more for the people that are like I am.
0: So. You talked about the fact that you infuse different things into this absinthe. So do I get a sense of some lemon, some lavender to this? Um... You get orange peel. I get orange
1: peel. Wow. So there's or- there's no limit in here. But there's I'm still, still some getting some peel. herbaceousness. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So thank you for supporting yeah. me on that. Actually, you can take a picture of the recipe, which is on our wall downstairs. Uh, I'm I'm not afraid to share it with anybody. Uh, again, I found it in, in a book called Processes and Receipts. Wow. Um, dating back again to the late 1800s. And I uh, put a little photocopy of that page up on her.
0: We'll floor. have to find
1: that and we'll take a picture
0: of that. <laughs> right under the word that says absent.
1: Absent. Oh. <laughs> right there. It was, it was plain as day.
0: This has been such a delight and such a treat. Are, is there anything that we haven't talked about with Holy Ghost and anything about the distillery you want to make sure people know
1: about? We're dog friendly. Okay. Um, so, yeah, bring your pups. Uh, if you don't mind seeing dogs around, you know, it's we'll, any given weekend, there'll be, you know, dog here 60% of the time. Um, we actually encourage people to bring their pups out to the distillery, let them, let them chill with them. Um, it's, it's a, it's a really cool experience. I think people can actually come and just relax and, and know there's a spot both inside our tasting house as well as outside where you can bring your dog. And social media wise, you mentioned Facebook, Instagram.
0: Um, you have a website. That's how people find you. Yep.
1: Facebook, Instagram, uh, www.holyghostdistillery.com. Www.holyghost, I'm stuttering over our own name. That's okay. Um, you
0: only had absinthe. I mean... That's all
1: I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube channel. And hopefully soon, before end of year, we will actually, if you're talking about our cocktail experiences, we will have... Uh, I did write a book. Um, classic classic bourbon cocktails, the way we like to do them. Um, and to go with that, we take our recipes back to as original as we can. So if you're getting an old fashioned, it is, it's whiskey that has been sweetened and bitter. So it's our bourbon that has been sweetened and bittered. No taking the cherries and smashing them down the bottom of the cup. None, don't doing that with any of the oranges. I'm feeling like I'm doing something wrong again. (laughs) (laughs) But it's the original. So originally, right, an old-fashioned was nothing more than whiskey that was sweetened and bitter. That's it by definition in 1806. That's it. So when we make it here, I try to go back to that as original as I can. I can't wait to see this. When's this book out? The book is out. It's already sold out. Oh,
0: all right.
1: When's the reprint out? so we're going digital okay and the app should be out before the end of the year Actually, was actually on the, the phone with the programmers earlier today um, the mock flow design is already done know exactly how well we're going to do it and the cool part about it is unlike printed material uh, I can keep adding to it so as we create additional recipes here or as we, as we add on we'll just keep on adding and adding to it um, the One cool feature that you definitely want to get the app for is that there will be exclusive things that, you know, when the next product comes out, those people who have the app will be the first to know.
0: All right. So get the app. Get the app. Come visit Holy Ghost Distillery. Meet John and Janice. And I have to say, when we go back and talking about why you started the distillery, this is why we love just being part of the adventure that we're on and thank you for being part of our adventure this has been a treat thank you so much for being our 100th episode and we look forward to all the great things i mean you got barley malted barley coming out i mean who knows what's going to be next for holy ghost distillery thank you so much for taking the time we're grateful for your time today and uh, let's just drink some more absinthe
3: oh my gosh thank you so much and thank you for having us we feel blessed that you are here thanks guys